Hello. Hello. Welcome to Drinks in Dystopia, making bad use of the things that we think. Excellent, excellent, yeah. Um, how are you? <laughs> okay, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It was so nice to not edit the last episode. Is that because it didn't exist and we haven't done one? Or... No, because my sister Sam, of Sam course, edited of course. it. Sam did a fantastic job. She did. She did do a very good job. She Thank kept you, in Samantha. all of your... Yeah, you're supposed oh. to cut that stuff out, Sam. Like... <laughs> but it was funny. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it stays in, I suppose. All of the comments I got from people, were they were overwhelmingly shocked at how strongly you felt about Endgame. Oh, really? Yeah. That was oh. the... People were shocked, so they're very cool. What? So were they surprised that they I come across as the kind of person that would enjoy Avengers Endgame? Or were they just shocked that anyone would not enjoy Avengers Endgame? I think it was like a snowball effect. First, they couldn't believe that you, and then they had to realise that somebody didn't like it. Yeah. What you I find do it with, offensive uh... that people think I'm the kind of person who would have enjoyed <laughs> Avengers Endgame. But you love Captain America. Oh, the character of Captain America is probably my favourite superhero. Which is funny, because you're one of the most British men ever. But we've discussed this. You were secretly American in every way. When I hear Hulk Hogan's I'm a real American, I well up. It gets me going. Wait, no, no. You've got to explain that. So that's the theme tune that Hulk Hogan walks into. Yeah, that's Hulk Hogan's theme tune. How does it go? I'm not going to sing it, but the lyrics are stirring stuff. (sighs) I'm a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. How can you not love that? I love I love that though as a when you think about what he's saying is I'm a real American isolating himself to a country. Fight for the rights of every man. Well to be an American is to be the everyman. Okay, so this week backtrack is that everyone says you're horribly wrong, shut your mouth. Yeah, so what didn't they what did they disagree with? Oh no, oh, no. Everyone was really general? everyone was really nice. Actually everyone kind of it's so funny because people talk to me because they definitely want to talk to you about it. Right. But I reply, so yeah. they get very disappointed because they're like, Lee said this. I'm like, Lee did say Yeah, you're like, I'm not a proxy for Lee. <laughs> (laughs) Whatever you do, the views of Lee do not represent No, people are like uh, two souls combined to become one in relationships. That is not us. We are two different people. (laughs) Whatever he says has nothing to do with what I think or feel. (laughs) So like Phil Collins, two hearts living in just one mind does not apply to you at all. two minds with one heart, maybe. You're literally the only one between us that has a heart. (laughs) I've never been accused of having a heart. Oh, I guess you have. (laughs) A dark black heart. You're not the Tin Man. <laughs> or known as the Woodsman in the original story. That's stupid. Do you think that mm. like Tin Man was owned by the rights for that were owned, or if people didn't know what Tin was or something? I think if you just said, "Oh, he's the Tin Woodsman," people were like, "What?" Well, It'd be like, funny okay. if he was called the Iron Man. Yes, yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, if that were, that's like the the background story. That's the origin story of Tony Stark. It's in his heart as well, isn't it? Yeah, Tony Stark. They just ripped off the Tin Man. I've never thought about that before. No he's way. the Iron Man and he doesn't have his heart. Yeah. Or something. There's something he's more. A person, <laughs> he's a person whose name has the name of a metal in it. Andy has something wrong with his heart. They're the same person. Yeah, you're right. Who would have known? Is the Iron Man story just an, a sort of an allegory of the Wizard of Oz? So what are you drinking today? God, for the first time ever, I'm actually drinking something r- sort of remotely... Interesting. We've actually it? stepped up our game. We went to what they, in Australia they call the bottle load because they don't sell alcohol in the shops. We went there and they had a craft beer section. So we bought some actually like nice beer. Yeah, it was, which I never do. Never. I usually just buy the cheapest, nastiest stuff I can find. But Or I drink my own home brew, which is 
not much better, probably oh, worse. That's craft beer, that counts. But yeah, this stuff is actually like a, a sort of a cloudy, tropical pale ale. I've called Garden of Eden. It's actually very, very nice. It's so fancy, it doesn't even have the name on the can. That's how you know mm. if uh, something is fancy. That's how you know it's good. Like, if you need to ask what the name is, you're not fancy enough to drink it. <laughs> and I'm drinking a boysenberry dark, dark sour. sour. I love sours. Sours are good. If you don't like beer, a sour is a good way in, I think. It's yeah, almost yeah. a cider. It is. It's not quite as sort of sweet and apple as a cider. Cider, but it's not as sour. <laughs> and I like as well that you know when you hear these beers and they're like, this beer is Black Forest Ghetto flavor, and it never is. No, it just like, tastes like beer. It's like wine tasting like something. It's slight. Whereas sours taste like the thing they say. They yeah, they actually like. do. Yeah, so that's good. But we also have as a backup a mango and pineal. Pineal. Pine. Did I say pineal? You said pineal. Yeah. Oh my god, my brain. Pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I know words. You sort of you sort of drain <laughs> off a little bit there. You're like a mango pan. It's because I was trying to work out how to spell, say the next word. Oh, it's a, that's a New England IPA. Yeah. But it's they, they just put N-E-I-P-A, so Nipah. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Nipah, but I thought that yeah. doesn't sound right. But yes, yeah, so we have some fancy beers tonight. Yeah. And Lee has a, a backup strongbow just in case. <laughs> just in case I got a bit carried away, started to think that I was anything less than working class scum. I've got a lovely strongbow to bring me back down to earth. Also, Sam, you don't need to cut that bit because Lee is working class, so we're good. And scum. So, so you can say that about yourself, right? If you're one of them. Oh, yeah, 100%. You can say what you want. But What's funny, though, is um, Rob, our friend Rob, who listens, always says that it's actually quite tongue in cheek. And a lot of the time, our podcast, he's like, oh, that's too far. And I think. Compared to the real us, this is quite soft. So that's a worrying thing. Yeah, that is terrifying that so many things that this is our public persona. This is what we're willing to put out to the world. And my friend Mike has now listened, I think, to like all of them. So sorry. That is actually a big backtrack. So apparently I almost gave a huge spoiler for Star Trek Discovery. Oh, okay. But luckily you didn't know the show either. So I didn't say it because you didn't know. Right. But I'm going to be really cautious. Like, I know you're like, obviously it's spoilers if we start talking about stuff. But you're like, when I listen to podcasts, I'm doing other things and I get distracted. And then suddenly I tune back in. So I feel like we need to definitely say spoilers. Okay, so today's mini question is something I was talking to you a little bit about today. Okay. Give me three of the most underrated movies. Oh, what a great question. (laughs) Again, this is so hard because you have, is it by genre? What do you mean by underrated? Do you mean underrated by critics when it came out? Do you mean underrated by people now? Because like, you know, a movie like 12 Angry Men, if I asked 100 people in the street, how good is 12 Angry Men? No one would know. Mm. So like, that's an underrated movie, but the critics are all like, it's the greatest one. Made. That's a good point. I suppose if, if if you had a group of your friends at a pub and they were like, oh, what movie should I watch this weekend? And if you found out they hadn't watched these movies, yeah. you'd be sad for them. And like 12 Angry Men is a really good one, actually. That's one of those films that crosses over from like art housey, but also like yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um, do you want mine? Because that will kind of Yeah, go on. I'll you. give me an idea. Yeah. Well, mine is based purely on a load of YouTube videos I saw. Okay. So Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Yes. Now that is an underrated film. It's a great film. I love hearing that. If you don't know what that is, that is a film from the 80s, I think. It's the 80s, isn't mm-hmm. it? About John Lithgow. Isn't it John Lithgow? Uh, yes, I think John Lithgow's in it, yeah. yeah that's his name. Yeah, the one from Third Rock. Third Rock from the Third Rock from the Yeah. So John Lithgow and his family go into the woods hunting and they find Bigfoot. Now Bigfoot is a massive like man in a suit, like a pu- but a really good puppet, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's like a really good Muppet style yeah. creature. Yeah, it's like animatronic sort of, yeah. It's really good. And he's so lovely. He's the sweetest, isn't he? Bigfoot? Unbelievably adorable. And the kids love him. And it's, it's just, 
it's such a great 80s film. And I absolutely love it. And nobody sees it. And But it is on Netflix. I think it's a bit of a cult classic. And it kind of... Because we were talking about this this morning, weren't we? Yeah. About, about the, films that tell you make, to be good. <laughs> yeah, they don't make movies like that anymore. And they certainly don't make them in that style anymore. So if they made that movie today, Harry would be CG, 100%. Oh. And, it would look, and it would look terrible. It would look terrible. Because it does. Because just like... I mean, we could have a whole conversation about it. I know you're a CG artist. But like, I think everyone pretty much agrees that CG at the moment is pretty terrible. I think CG people are the ones that are saying it the most. Yeah. I think animators and stuff, everyone in my office, like we all boycotted the new Lion King because nobody mm. is seeing that. I do know people that have worked on it though and like the work that's gone into it is incredible. That's, it's not about that. It's not right. about that. No, it's, it's not. It, I, I, no, in no way am I you know, disparaging the talent of the artists involved or how much work went into it. Just the stupid, stupid bum heads that came up with it. Yeah, and it just doesn't look good. I, I, I'm sorry to say that, but it just... You go, go back and watch Jurassic Park, which is from 1993, 94. That looks a hundred times better than Jurassic World, for example. How? How possibly can it? That was a quarter of a century ago. Yeah, but it does, because they would they were just I think they just knew how to use CG in those days, even though they had a fraction of a percent of the amount of a lot of, it power. a lot of it was, but what was done in CG looks better. Look go back yeah. and watch Ah, uh, but then they used the puppets as reference. Well yeah. So then they had a really cool reference. They know how to do it. Go but... back and watch Terminator Two. Terminator Two <laughs> is better than any of the Terminator movies now. And not just story wise, the CG is better. It genuinely is. Like the the <laughs> liquid <laughs> I can't agree with you fully on this because oh, I've no. looked at it recently. No, not... <laughs> I, I will. I will fight you. I will fight you in the street. The Liquid Terminator in Terminator 2 looks better than the Liquid Terminator in the most recent Terminator. Oh, that. 100% better. So that's number one. Number two, batteries not included. And I don't know anyone that's seen this film. It's so upsetting. So good. If you're listening to this and you don't know what this is, you need to go and watch it. It was written by Brad Bird, who's the guy that wrote Iron Giant and... uh, The Incredibles. The Incredibles and Ratatouille. It is a group of people, completely different types of people, that live in a house and the government's trying to knock it down. And they kind of all get together to make it not happen. And at the same time, tiny little robotic aliens land on the house and they need, the people in the house need to collect metal to make these little alien robots build little babies. And then the robots help save the building and help them, well, do they? You have to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> From 1986. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so wholesome. People are so good. Everyone's friends. Where's all those movies? Oh, and more. <laughs> Just don't make them anymore. Just don't make them. And the third one. I think of my third one. I've got those two. So you, you say something. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how underrated these are. Like, I'd say, like, Big Trouble in Little China. That actually is really underrated. Yeah. Because I bet nobody... That's a phenomenal film. Get to the goddamn point, egg. <laughs> yeah. That's it, yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, I love that. You're, that's right. Really, yeah, that's right. It's like Kurt Russell at his absolute best. It's it, it's fun. It's exciting. It's scary. It has like magic and action and comedy. It has everything. It's just a brilliant movie. You showed me this, and what I thought was really funny about that film was how he, the main character doesn't want to be in the film at all. Yeah, it's one of those few movies where the main <laughs> character doesn't want to be in the movie. It's it. Like the whole the whole movie, they're like, Jack, you have to do this, and Jack, you have to, and he's like, I. I don't care. I don't want to be there. I don't want to help anybody. I don't care about your little mystical monster stuff that's going on. I just want to go. But he can't. Everything, every time he tries to leave, he has to do something in order to leave. But that thing he has to do kind of helps solve the problem and progress the story. It's brilliant. It's absolutely excellent. It is good. It also feels like it's set in the same world as Gremlins. <laughs> yes, like it you is. feel like Gremlins are over there. You just yeah. don't see them, but they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else are you going with? Have you got any sci-fi ones? Since this is a slightly sci-fi based 
Um, I would say that um, Event Horizon. I think Event Horizon. Is that the horror film? Yeah. Well, it's a sci-fi. I think that's a massively underrated film. Is this with film. Sam Neill? Yeah, Sam Neill. Oh, you should make me watch this. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's bonkers. Lawrence Fishburne. It's crazy. Oh, it's really crazy. It's, it's so weird that it's not a huge, huge, huge cult hit just because of how bonkers this film is. It's brilliant. It's like it has every element that you could want in it. Well, to give you the gist of it... Apart from like a, a good story. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> but it's the gist of the story for those of you uninitiated is that they they want to they want to create a drive that, that can transport across the universe you know faster than light drive and to do that they they what they do is they create a black hole and the ship that creates a black hole is called the event horizon and they they test the ship they test the drive and it disappears and then it returns something like 18 years later it just mysteriously re- reappears at the edge of the solar system so they're sending a team out to find out what happened to this ship it's people's brilliant. faces melt i feel like someone's face melts oh no, well, people's eyeballs come uh, out and stuff like that it's, it's like it's yeah. What happened to this ship is truly horrifying. It's of its time a little bit, but it's still a very scary film. It's one of those great films that's got really bad effects in it, but they but with puppets. And they, I love that. You know when they cut and it's obviously like you know like it's Scrooge when he opens up yeah. Death's shirt and there's just obviously puppet heads just going. That's I love that film. Yeah, it's not quite like that, but I know I know what you mean. But it's scary. Like if you watch, I challenge you watch Event Horizon late at night in the dark on your own. It'll, it'll, it'll scare you. It'll scare you. It'll get you the old the old thinker going. <laughs> Is that a nickname for your brain? The old thinker. The old thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a last one? Yeah, I suppose like maybe uh, Basketball. Oh, that's such a good... Oh, these are good ones. Make me want to watch them. Basketball is amazing. Basketball is like even to this day, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So again, for those of you who don't know, it's a movie that they made before they... While they were doing South Park, the writer of Airplane and The Naked Gun, he invented a sport in Hollywood called Basketball, which is a combination of baseball and basketball. And then he wrote a movie about it, a comedy, and he asked those two to star in it. So it's got Matt Stone and Trey Parker in it. And they... T- like to this day they kind of they kind of look down on that a little bit they oh, sort of they, yeah they kind it's of so silly yeah it's so ridiculously silly and they, they're kind of a little bit embarrassed by it but at the same time it is hilarious it, it is absolutely hilarious it really reminds me of my school friends yeah like our group like the way they joke with each other like mm. which you know means that they're probably acting like 15 year olds but yeah <laughs> but if you like if you like South Park you'd love basketball if you like Naked Gun or Airplane I mean how couldn't you they're the two funniest films ever made then you'd like basketball Basketball. This is true. It's just everything about it is just brilliant. <laughs> it's just such a great movie. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Iron Giant is underrated, or do you yeah. think it's finally? I think it was, but now it's picked up. Do you yeah. think it's again. It's a, well, like the movies I'm talking about. I mean, Big Trouble in Little China is a cult classic. Like people love it. But if you said to 100 people in the street, they wouldn't know. I think I guarantee Iron Sam has not watched any. Our editor is listening to this, and she's not watched any of these books. Yeah, but then she is like eight years old, so she's a freshly <laughs> hatched deer. <laughs> She's in her 20s. <laughs> Which, yeah. Yeah, baby. Iron <laughs> yeah. Giant's a pretty good one. It's Muppet in Manhattan. Muppets in Manhattan underrated. Do you think people have seen that? Not many people, I'd say. Oh, well. Oh, <gasps> I have one, actually. Yeah. I don't know. It's not really a movie. It's a long, long TV special. Okay. The Christmas Toy. The Christmas Toy. You, you knew I was going to say that. I knew you going to say The Christmas Toy. <laughs> the Christmas Toy is something that came out, I think, again, the year I was born. I've watched it every single Christmas without fail. Yeah. And every single time I watch it, I bawl my eyes out, ugly crying. It's one of the sweetest, loveliest things ever. It's a Henson production. You can see a theme with the things I like. 
Definitely. It's okay. So it's going to sound familiar when I tell you the synopsis of this. It is going to sound eerily familiar. But let's all remember that this came out before any before CG animation even existed. Okay. The story is there is a toy room, and when the humans leave, the toys come alive. Oh, okay. Tell me more. <laughs> well, the kid has a toy that's been around for ages. Is it? Is it the favorite toy? It's the favorite toy. It's the favorite toy. It's, okay. He's he's kind of seen as he's not the boss, no. but he's kind of seen as the important one. Everyone listens to him. Everyone listens to him. Do you know what I hope doesn't happen? I hope that he's never usurped by another toy. Especially not a new toy. So I'm glad that won't happen. Well, what would I tell you if it... Not only is it a new toy that usurps him. Oh, God. It's a toy themed to space. A space-themed toy. That doesn't know it's a toy. Doesn't know it's a toy. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this is amazing. When you say it out loud to people, you watch their faces like, what? It's the exact plot of Toy Story. It is Toy Story. But in their defense, I, I don't but think... But 10 years before Toy Story. No, 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 no. I think it's... I think it, yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's about 10 years before. And, but it was a kind of a small TV special. So I don't know. I think it's a good idea that toys come to life. And it, it kind of like has a logical line. Mm. Whether or not they knew what they were doing. I don't. I do not think that it was copied. But it, it's so weird when you watch it. You start to see the similarities. They 100% saw the Christmas toy. <laughs> and were like, I need to take this story. Pixar vs. Henson. I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> I do not agree with the opinions of this man. <laughs> and it would have happened about a year after Disney brought out the Lion King which no no yeah because Toy Story came out in what 95 Lion King was like 94 yeah so around about the same time that Disney did Lion King (laughs) with Kit which is a complete rip off of a Japanese (laughs) cartoon isn't it (laughs) I know but I don't think I don't think it's I think it is a bit of a coincidence but when you watch it it doesn't make you think of Toy Story because it's so different it makes me think of Toy Story but the main character is a tiger called Rugby he's Rugby the Tiger which is the best name isn't he great that'll be the name of our dog Rugby the Tiger and there's a little mouse he's a cat toy and no one accepts him because he's a cat toy but there is one difference between this film and Toy Story and that is that if a human sees you not in the place it left you you die you die (laughs) you die and there's a pile of dead toys that they mourn over and they love and they miss and then I'm going to give spoilers because this is old one of the toys that you love dies but then the love brings him back to life and when he comes back to life they ask him how was it and he says it was dark and it was cold and it was empty they're like whoa yeah. <laughs> like, okay wow whoa, kids TV. couldn't even like it was lovely and nice like no it was dark and empty death is nothingness but it's oh it's so lovely it's good though right oh yeah it's that a, very, it's a sweet it Christmas time. sort of It's it, it drags a bit in the middle oh, dear. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's sweet it's very sweet it's it definitely you should put it on your Christmas rotation Kermit comes in at the start dressed as Santa and tells you to have a good time and then heads off yeah and it's also Jim Henson's kids are in the film and their cat oh really so yeah it's all uh, okay wow things you didn't want to know that's what's happening so far yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know what this has got to do with science fiction so far but (laughs) we're just we're a world building podcast we don't have to be science fiction oh good oh we're making bad use of the things (laughs) that we think (laughs) so main question Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be honest we just sat down and did this podcast randomly yeah we had no preparation did we it's zero our preparation was to neck a pint of beer and then he's like (laughs) let's do a podcast Okay, so this one comes from my brother. Right, okay. It's a family affair. Yeah, Craig's had a few now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got some good ones. Yeah, okay. Okay, so in this world, when you are... He didn't give me this much detail, but I'm just going to anti-detail it. When you hit five, <laughs> yeah. you do a test and it decides your IQ. Okay, carry on. It doesn't uh, give you for, IQ. Before... It, it knows what your IQ is. Okay, right. So your IQ is determined at that young age. Yes. And it is stored, a bit like Futurama, that that's your IQ, that's what you are. Mm-hmm. And then what would the world be like if 
your IQ was like a label you had to wear on you at all time. You know what my answer is going to be, don't you? The exact same? Exactly the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> How is that the same? What? <laughs> what? What? Because <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no fundamental difference to the rules of reality that we live in. It's just... People, instead of, oh, you're going to be a builder, oh, you've got an IQ of this, so you're actually going to be a toilet cleaner. And you go, okay. But the world itself doesn't change. It's just people, if you're just shifting the, the chairs around on the Titanic. People are doing different jobs than they possibly would have been, or the same jobs. So what, you're telling me that if anything I come up with is based on our current world, things are basically the same? Well, well no. I mean, in a specific one, if, because if, this is the equivalent of like, oh, what if everybody who was a builder was actually a plumber and everyone who was a plumber was actually a builder. You're like, yeah, the world would be exactly the same except they switched jobs. You're very (laughs) narrow-minded. I'm going to prove to you that... You're not the first person to accuse me of that. (laughs) There's so much that we change. Well, go on. Go for it. Fill your boots. Okay, would... I'm going to just ask you questions then. Okay, so everyone now has an IQ level. Would where you live be determined by your IQ? I don't know. Is it? This is your world. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you would have a situation where you were completely labelled at all times and people being stupid would be seen as unimportant. Okay, okay. Well, well this is a slightly different... Okay, the twist. Right, maybe I'm, maybe I'm interpreting it too narrowly. Okay, so what you're saying is every, everything in your life is determined... We live in a society where IQ is the only thing that matters. If you change a tiny thing in yeah. a story... So if at five we all have to wear our IQ as a badge on us forever, that's going to have huge ramifications in every aspect of life. It could do, yeah. If you, were, if you went to, if you were in a court case and there's two witnesses, one for the defense that has a really high IQ and one for the other guy. <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> that has really low, but they actually saw it, whereas the other one is vague. Are people more likely to listen to the more intelligent person? Because they're more intelligent. The stupid person, they'll be like, this person doesn't even know what they're talking about. Mm. Are we going to allow people with really low IQ cues to have children? Because surely now we know, well, they're not smart enough to raise them. Yeah. We but we live in that world now, don't we? Like, we know people have low IQs and we still let them have kids. Well, we don't officially know. Do you know what I mean? It's not like if we... It's not a determining factor that you have to okay. display at all times. Well, let's well let's tweak the world then to make it more interesting. Let's say that this is a world where IQ is considered, you know, for whatever reason, the the government that is in power considers IQ to be the, the primary importance. That's what I said. Okay, well, <laughs> it kind of is the kind of ism because if you live in a world where everyone has to hold their IQ, everyone's like, yeah, but IQ doesn't matter. Then no one's going to care. But there's a podcast where we change the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying the terms of this new world. So, because, like, a good example of what you said, if you're in court case and someone has a low IQ and someone has a high IQ, is it going to change that? We already have that. Because if somebody walks in there in a suit, mm. a nice posh suit, and they're like, hello, I went to Oxford, and blah, blah, blah. No, People obviously. are going to believe them over someone who's yeah. like, oh, my son, I'm from Romford in Essex. Like, it no, it does, it definitely kind of resembles the class system that already exists, but I think it's interesting because I think that, like, you could get somebody from a low-income house that has got a really high IQ. Mm. And then, like, would we force people into jobs if they had high IQ? Well, if it was, yeah, if we were in a situation where, you know... Is it a sci-fi dystopia? Yeah, if it's a sci-fi dystopia, yeah, government's like, your whole, everything, every decision we make is based on IQ. That's mm-hmm. how we make our policies, that's how we do everything. It's not that you just wear it 
that's how we decide everything about your life. I suppose to me, when I say that, if I'm watching a film and that's what I see, like yeah. if I see a little five-year-old that does a test and it's like, bam, bam, and they stick a badge on it, the next scene is like expanding out to the rest of the world and showing how that influences it. Yeah. We're writing those scenes right now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so in that movie, what do you think are the important things to show to establish that world view? It's kind of like The Handmaid's Tale. Like you're saying, oh, they just wear a badge with their IQ. What if you like, oh, if you have below a certain IQ, we kill you. We just disintegrate they don't them. they don't kill oh why not because <laughs> that kind of loses a nuance you don't they don't kill anyone but obviously those people's lives it's going to be like the handmaid stuff like those people's lives they're going to be only forced to do manual labor and stuff yeah but what if you come from a high iq family do you think there's gonna be situations where people like pay off can you defraud the system yeah do you think people are like tried to defraud it if it was beneficial everyone would wouldn't they like if you're like oh if i've got a 100, 120 IQ, 150 IQ, whatever, I get. You know, you, you can only be Prime Minister if you have an IQ of 130 up or yeah. something. You would do what, whatever you had to do. What do you think, I, like I said five, but what do you think would actually be a good age to test the IQ? So before that, nobody knows, and then you get tested. See, this is interesting because lots of people say you can, you know, you can influence IQ through education. Mm-hmm. So I suppose I'd argue five is probably too young to do an IQ yeah, test. Yeah, no, even as I said, I was like, this is probably too young. Yeah, well, it's controversial because some people say that IQ is inherent, like 95% of it is inherent. You can only sort of tweak it by a couple of percent through education. Other people think it might be 50-50 or, or more, or you can tweak it. You know, um, there's lots of, it's a controversial subject, IQ. So if we did it subject. at five, do you reckon rich people could pay for their child to be retested at like 18? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe you could be like... Maybe you could pay to be retested at any time. Yeah. Or maybe you could just have constant retests because maybe the society wants people. It's in the society's interest to have people placed, you know, in, in, a, in a position commensurate to their IQ. Mm. So they're quite eager to IQ test people every year or something. Yeah. Because otherwise, I suppose the only reason you wouldn't want to consistently IQ test people is if you were trying to... Keep them down. Yeah, pigeonhole them in some way, right? <laughs> so maybe it'd be in the, in the government's interest to keep testing you. But maybe if you, like, lose IQ points. Yeah. That's massively detrimental to you. So, like, oh, you had two IQ tests and your IQ went down. So do you think alcohol would be banned in this world? Alcohol and drugs because it lowers IQ? Because it would affect your IQ. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe they would stop it. Or, like, everyone would eat fish at all times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To get uh, no IQ points. increased brain function. <laughs> yeah. I I, what, what, what increases IQ? Um, Omega oils. Yeah. <laughs> Rose, like, he's like, does it speaking multiple languages, does that increase IQ? No, no, because you know when you hear people say you get more brain cells from something, is that the same as, that's not the same as getting IQ. Like, they say if you do Sudoku and you learn a language and what's the other one, play chess, you get more brain cells? I don't think you get more brain cells. No, but I know, but that's what they always say. But I'm Do they? Yeah, you've never heard people say no, that. No, you can't gain. And juggling, juggling is one You can't them. gain brain cells. Brain yeah. c- I believe, I believe those are randoms, not you. <laughs> like brain cells are the only cells in the body that don't repair. So if you damage a brain cell, so that's maybe gone I, forever. I don't damage them. That's the difference. Yeah, I'm damaging want... them at all times when I play Sudoku, I'm not damaging them. Yeah, you're not damaging. I think what it does is like, doesn't it increase like neural pathways or something? Probably. I feel like a lot of things that we say is just like dumb, dumb speak for oh, telling me how to do things. It's complete conjecture as well. Like I have no basis for any of the things I say. But, um... <laughs> I'm intrigued if you did it at a young age because then you're getting really unbiased like before wealth has influenced it at all like to see like a real raw version of what your IQ is yeah but again lots of people don't you know they, they dispute the relevance of IQ as well that IQ only sort of 
measures a very specific type of intelligence or a very specific type of skills, which are not necessarily... I, uh, I agree with it. As a, yeah. <laughs> as a biased artist who is yeah, me, not I, conventionally I, <laughs> seen as smart, <laughs> I, yeah. whatever I can do to make it easier for me. I, I mean, someone who's, whenever I take IQ tests online, the results always come back negative. <laughs> I agree like, that IQs are a waste of time. He's like, do you want to tell them what your IQ test is? No, I don't know. I've, never, IQ I've, never, done, I've he, never done a proper IQ test. You should join Mensa. That's what they say. And he knows it. So he knows in this world, He'd be a king. <laughs> Live in the dream. <laughs> and I'd be on the streets. No, no, I wouldn't. I genuinely wouldn't. You'd be singing common people. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, be kicking kicking the poor. And I'd be the common <laughs> But it's hard, isn't it? Because it's like emotional intelligence and like artistic intelligence. Because I think creative intelligence is very different from Yeah, and emotional intelligence. Like some people you know, you can meet super, super, super smart people, but they have absolutely no emotional intelligence. They don't know how to interact with people. They don't know how to, to bond with people in any way. That's a that's a form of intelligence in itself, right? Knowing exactly how to converse with other people. Isn't that just a con man? I suppose, as I was saying it, it's like, <laughs> that's what a manipulator is good at, I suppose. Yeah. But okay, so let me ask you then. If this world was based on... So if you could only get into positions of power because of your intelligence, do you think it would be better or a worse world? Oh, I don't think it would be better. No? Well, I mean... In some ways. In some ways better, you know, obviously, but in some ways probably worse. I think you would benefit departments. So, like, if the Department of Transport had a really smart person in charge, surely that would be good. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with any... I have no idea who's in charge of any Department of Transport. Yeah. I'm not trying, I don't have to dig. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I suppose it... Again, I suppose you could... This is a, this is an interesting discussion as well. Because what is what makes a good... You know, let's say what's a Minister of Transport. What makes a good Minister of Transport? Well, you could say, well, you want us to be super intelligent and know loads about transport. But maybe that's not necessarily what you need. Maybe you need somebody who's very good at collaboration. Someone who's very good at getting people around them who knows what they're doing. Someone who's good at Tetris. Ramming them in. You know, it's exactly how to cram. Ramming them. Everyone in. I'm very good at Tetris, so I should run the train service. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Because the example I always, I, you know, I can sort of give in a way is when England won the Rugby World Cup. Of course. In 2003. Of course, that's your only example. Yeah, that's the only Wrestling example. Wrestling or rugby. That's Wrestling the only... or rugby is usually what I fall back on. But like Clive Woodward was not considered a great coach in himself. People weren't like, oh, he is this sort of tactical genius. It, what, but what he was very good at was he was a very good organiser, he was very professional, and he knew how to get... He had a very good eye for talent. Mm -hmm. So all of his coaches around him were the best defence coach, the best attack coach, the best, you know, forwards coach. And then he was very good at motivation, he was very good at coordinating things and stuff like that, and that led to England winning the World Cup. You know, and then since then, we've had coaches which are probably better. You know, England have had coaches like Brian Ashton was considered one of the best coaches. He had a massively sort of nuanced understanding of rugby, but he was terrible as England coach. So maybe, he's not, you know, you're not as good at man motivation and stuff like that. So it's it does raise questions. What is valuable? What is good as a leader? Do you, is it purely down to IQ? And in some things, maybe. In other things, maybe not. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because like, part of me, when, when I think about it, I think, oh, yeah, well, you know, if, if it was a really nuanced test that gave all intellect le levels, like emotional ones like we're talking about and stuff, it could I could see that there being benefits. But as soon as I think about that, I think about when we lived in South Korea. When we lived in South Korea, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but they do a test when they reach 18, and it's a teacher's test. So being a teacher is seen as really important in Korea. I don't think it's a teacher's test, is it? I think it's just a general, they just do a general aptitude test. 
I well, the I way think. my teacher pitched it to me was: there's a test in Korea you do to find out if you should be a teacher. Yeah, I thought though it was the general aptitude test, and if you're in like the top five percent, they're like you should be a teacher. But wouldn't that be like you should be a doctor or something? Or a lawyer? But that's the point. Like in, teachers are so important. in Korean culture, yeah. they're like, well, why would you be a doctor? Surely you should be the person who teaches doctors because you're the smartest person. I see. Well, and she got really amazing results. And yeah. she was told that she had to be a teacher and she did not want to. Now, spoiler alert, she was a teacher. <laughs> she was telling me because she was a teacher. Yeah. So it's it's weird, I suppose, for pigeonhole people. Yeah. It's like it's it's never really good because she was very angry at those kids. She yeah. didn't want to be there. Like she, It's not what she wanted to do. And maybe in another job, she would have been incredible at it. Yeah, this is the balance, isn't it? This is the balance between sort of uh, individuality and sort of... Um, the greater good. The greater good. Because I suppose, in a way, yeah, it's more beneficial for Korean society to have the smartest people teaching because then it's a high prestige job mm. and they're the best people. So they're always... You know, in the West, we have that saying, if you can't do, teach. Mm. So for us, teachers, the people who, who aren't good enough to do the job, they become a teacher. Which I don't agree with. Yeah, which is, not, which is an unfair characterization. But that's that's kind of how the attitude we have in the West. Whereas mm. in, in Korea, in Japan, in the East, and China, it's the opposite. It's like, mm. if you're the absolute best at something, you should be the teacher. You're the master. Educate everybody else about the about that particular art or science or something. And it's that's a good thing, I think. And it's, yeah, you know, it's probably beneficial to society that someone as smart as her as a teacher. But unfortunately, this is where the individuality thing comes in, where it's like she finds it personally unfulfilling. So is she really giving it her best anyway? Probably not. Yeah, I suppose this is all that happens when you do this and you give someone an IQ badge and you label them for the rest of their life is that, yeah, you're literally labeling everyone. You're just creating a staggered system where people are trapped. But, like, theoretically, you can see how it could be a good place. Like... If the yeah. smartest people are doing the certain jobs that their intelligence is made for. But you're just... Like, like because one of the examples I can imagine is, like, right now, if you're seen as having a huge value to society, at the moment, you know, in our world currently, yeah. if somebody that's just about to cure cancer has heart failure and yeah. they need a new heart, we know that curing cancer is kind of like the buzzword for, yeah. like, that person is super important. Like You've just saved, like, a third of the planet. Forever. Yeah, like, forever, for, for the rest of the time. So that person is seen as important. If they need a new heart, you Just could... Just rip it out of the homeless. But, but you could... I don't agree with this <laughs> at all. But you could... Mor I could see people morally arguing that you should be allowed to take it from someone else. Yeah. But in this world, where everyone has a value, that is almost not even a question. It's like, oh, well, this person is high and this person is low. Do you know what I mean? I feel take like it, their heart. it strips a lot of the moral yeah. ambiguity out of it if you're, if you're labelling everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Because then you're you're basically you're setting the rules of your society as intelligence the, is all that matters. Yeah, the greater good is the primary function of our society. Your individuality is only individual as much as it fits into our system. The moment that your individuality conflicts with our system, it, it's your individuality that's going to give before our system does. Well, that's why I always find it really funny in Futurama where he's like, "I don't want that job," and they're like, "All right." Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> you, you've got these chips like you'll go to prison forever and then the government will like eh, it's fine. they're like fine don't worry about it <laughs> yeah oh, I would love to try so I'm just trying some of Tanya's beer mango and pineapple mm. Lee's getting ready to go out That's to a good. bogan synth night it's sort like of the like the only way is Essex people they would be bogans if they were Australian yeah sort of yeah yeah so you're going and they have synth bands based brilliant <laughs> yeah, synth band, so that'd be that'd be great. And you two, so Lee and our friend James are thinking about starting a synth band. And what were you going to call yourselves? Uh, we've had a few, quite a few names. Scar Wars: Return of the Synth. 
Yeah. That's that was, what's Revenge my of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Sin. Okay, of course it is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. That's my favorite one. Yeah. One of many names we've come up with after 15 pints. <laughs> uh, the problem being that I can't play an instrument, but we're not letting that stand in the way of our band. <laughs> you can be like, is it Bez that used to just dance? I want to be Bez, because like, James can play like everything, and I can play nothing. So yeah, I'll just be Bez. Okay, so I'm just reading my brother's thing to make sure, because okay. I feel like people send in things and then I go off on one. And they yeah. Don't. Sam Harris would argue, and others involved in IQ stuff would say that IQ is the primary correlation between crime, between um, like reoffending in crime, in poverty, a whole range of things. Hmm. So if that were true, people challenge it obviously and say, oh no, it's not that. But if that were true, if IQ was the closest correlation you could have to predicting, I think it's like the main predictor Why do I feel like criminality. this is leading to kill them? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel that this is you setting it up for saying... Should we kill them, is what I'm saying. Because they commit crime. So should we kill them? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> do you think, though, that if we knew who had the lowest IQs, I don't think it's that shocking to say that I think our education system is not based, is not aimed at people with low IQ. I think that it's... Uh, it's a very, it's I a, think it is aimed It's at aimed at the mid-level to high-level IQs. Like, Do you think so? Yeah, because there's so many people in classes. The speed is very fast. If you don't pick it up then, you have to do homework. If you don't have a, a household that's willing to devote the time to help you, Okay. So I think that, especially now with computers and stuff, like you, could, I can imagine learning is a lot easier. But they are already discovering that people learn in really different ways and we only teach in one way. Yeah. So maybe if we knew who had the lower IQs, if this wasn't a horrible dystopia, maybe we could find a way to actually... We, it's a, we, an early alert system. We know yeah. their IQ, so now we can try and raise it. Yeah, we know what... We can find out what system would be most effective at raising yeah. their IQ. I'd like to... Let's make this a nicer world. My brother asks as well, yeah. do you think that people would be forced to give up their DNA if they had really high IQs to make more babies? Oh, like a stud stable type thing. Yeah. Like where, you know, oh, you're an intellectual stud, need your seed. I love as you're saying that you're hoping you'd be one of those. Like, <laughs> intellectual stud. <laughs> I know I'm not one of those. But still, it's just, I just like the idea of treating people like horses. <laughs> Wait, so the lowest members of your society get murdered and the highest members are treated like, like horses. Horses. Yeah, they give their... They, they Who have do to, you want to be in this they world? Have to, <laughs> they have to give their seed and then they turn into glue. I suppose. <laughs> the irony is the people making those decisions would probably have a high IQ, so they'd be the horses. Is this a Genghis Khan situation? Is it going to be one really smart person that's like, everyone should be me? It's funny, there's a guy, the guy who's got like the highest IQ in the world, um, he is like, I should rule the world, everyone else should just be essentially my slaves. Oh, because, really? Oh, yeah, he's like this uh, American guy, he's got like an IQ of like 200, I think, or something, the highest ever recorded IQ, higher than Einstein, higher than like anybody. Higher than Brain the Mouse from Pinky and Higher than Brain the Mouse. I don't think you yeah. know what you're oh, talking yeah. about. Higher than... <laughs> 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 I, I do I know exactly what I'm talking about but like <laughs> higher than Danny Dyer like higher than all of the great thinkers of our time um, so like it's yeah he he is but I think he's also got narcissism like clinical narcissism but surely that comes with high exactly IQ. yeah it is that's the thing he's got such a high IQ that he has a narcissism so he's so kind of like I should rule the world everyone else should just obey me unfortunately though and I hate to say this if you did give power over to people with the highest IQs. I do really think that it would be a horrible dystopia because oh, be it would be seen as... Like, we recently watched um, 
there's a great recommendation. I recently watched The Boys. It's a new TV show. And it's kind of like, I know everyone's kind of getting sick of superheroes, but this is definitely worth a watch. It's like an mm-hmm. eight-part Amazon series about a world where superheroes are real and how they would realistically integrate and act around humans. And I think the way they act with humans, where they treat them like trash, basically. Yeah, a they lot see, of see, us, see us as kind of ants, really. And I think that that's kind of how... That's how it would a be. A super intellectual would see me. <laughs> Kill the <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's a strong argument because, with, you know, without trying to get too political on you, but I'm going to, we already live in a world where there's, you know, a, there is essentially an intellectual elite, people who live in Well, yeah, because if you can only stuff, get... If you can only get into positions of power by going to certain universities, like it's, of course, yeah. yeah. We have a group of people, you know, especially in British society, who have come from immense privilege. They've gone to private schools, and then they've gone into, like, Oxford and Cambridge, and now they work at the BBC or something, and they're like, we know what's best for the country. We live in a world where people do feel that way. They're like, I went to Oxbridge, so I should run the country. And you're like, yeah, but you went there because your daddy's a millionaire. But to oh, them, it's because they're a genius. And I just want to say, and I know I don't need to say this, but we know people from Cambridge and Oxford, and they're lovely. Yeah, well, our <laughs> I friends, just, I just want to say it. And yeah, they're lovely. For, our, for, you know, for the record, I have a friend called Mark who went to Oxford, and he's, he's a lovely. fucking genius. He's the nicest man on the planet. Lovely, lovely he should guy. be in charge. Let's put Mark in charge. I'm more than happy to put Mark in charge. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, Mark should run everything. <laughs> So in a way, they're kind of right, <laughs> but you know. Okay, but okay. So this makes an interesting question. If we're studying out the really smart people, yeah, and they don't want that, what happens? Because if they're the ones that have to repopulate, yeah, but then it turns into kind of a farm for really smart people. Yeah, they'd be all right, but I suppose it kind of would it become the opposite of idiocracy? Though would we become this? Maybe you know, it's kind of, this is kind of eugenics we're going down now, though, which is like, oh, you could if you had all the smartest people and they bred and they had kids and. No, yeah. it isn't. It's twins. <laughs> it's twins. It's twins. Oh, we get Arnie and Danny DeVito? <laughs> this is suddenly a utopia. <laughs> okay, let's completely ruin Craig's idea. What if in this world they do that, but it is twins, and you get one little runt baby, and you get one smart baby, but they're identical in yeah. every other way, so their faces look the same, not like them. Like, well, he, well, let's bring up twins. Who is really the smart one in twins? Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger, who had a very comfortable life, had everything right, you know, he's handsome, He's all this sort of stuff, or is it Dan DeVito who's given nothing in life and yet he ma- he's made a success for himself? He had every disadvantage in it. Look at him; he's a self-made man. Isn't he like a con artist and criminal? Oh, maybe. But you know, <laughs> they, he he did what he had to do. You know, he's get up and go. He's got. He's got to get, get up and go about him. He's got what? Is it, what? Is it, what is it in Yiddish? He's got chutzpah. Chutzpah? Is it chutzpah? No, it's not that. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. That's not the word I'm thinking. No? He's got the smarts or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Who was it? Was Jerry Seinfeld on uh, Comedians in Cars getting coffee? Talked about the word for penis in Yiddish is the same word for stupid because penises are stupid. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Brilliant. That's amazing. What would happen if really intelligent people committed a crime? Well, would there be barriers? Like, straight away in a law, would they be like, you have to have an IQ of a certain level to be a lawyer? Yes. You think so? There's already that name. That's why they have the bar exam. If you can't pass yeah. the bar exam, you can't be a lawyer. That's kind of true, yeah. We do kind of already have this for a lot of things. Like, they, we already limit... We try... Yeah, we already have systems in place to try to but it, ensure but like, meritocracy. This, this one's a really... This one's a bit different to most prejudices, like intelligence, because it does determine whether you can this, do something. This is what makes it so controversial, because if it's... Yeah. Real, then it's like okay. Then we know this isn't prejudice anymore. This is scientific point but, fact. But once you start saying that, but dangerous road. You have to look at how we teach things, like mm. and what it is. There would be so much research that would need to get done, which is why you'd have to retest people all the time. Maybe you can save up and get retested. Well, I think this is it. Like I, my argument would be, you know, as as my sort of. 
general demeanor to me is it's like you can it, a test like that could never be 100% sure you never know what people are capable of you could name a system like that you know I would always be like people need to be free to do whatever they want but like yeah and I don't think it takes into intelligence doesn't take into account your morality absolutely and yeah, I you, think that you know what without even considering all of the options I'm going to randomly say if I had to choose between a world where your IQ was judged or your morality was judged if we could somehow randomly judge that I'd be happier to live in that world if well, people yes. in control were morally well you can have smarter. a child they'll be smart or they'll be kind what would you choose oh kind every time exactly right I love that question I remember I asked someone once and they instantly were like smart was it wait was it you <laughs> <laughs> it might be me yeah. no no it was my friends friend. I suppose I would always argue that if you're you know if you're smart if you're truly smart you should be kind because you understand the value of kindness but that's not so how our brains work yeah but highest IQ doesn't take into account but then is IQ smart? Is that what it means? Or is it just measuring a very specific skill? Yeah. You know, a very specific cognitive function, which is, you know what I mean? I suppose this is where the argument comes down to, because that's what I would, I would sort of make the point. How can you be intelligent and not be kind? Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit yeah. other people. You make an excellent point, because I would say, using vague, uh, without giving any details, I worked with someone once who was extremely intelligent. One of the smartest people, probably, you could meet. And they were horrible. Like, they were patronising, mean, and they just didn't understand that they were not getting the best out of anyone because of the way they were treating them. So I don't think intelligence tells you whether that person's going to be a good leader or make the right decisions. It just, it genuinely just says whether, how fast they can do maths equations. Like, yeah. that's all you're finding out. Well, that's, I mean, look when you have people who are sort of, you know, autistic savants or something. Yeah. You could argue that if they're amazing at mathematics or amazing at any any other skill, mm-hmm. you'd be like, this person's super intelligent. Like, their, their understanding of quantum mechanics is is incredible. But but they but if they've got, if they're autistic or they've got Asperger's, they're in no way going to understand how to interact with people. They're not going to understand many things that to most people about how you interact in society and how you interact in social situations is obvious. Is intelligence too broad a term? Oh, let's just let the robots take over. <laughs> just but the robots, are like, they lack these emotional, sort of, they lack emotional intelligence, don't they? All hail. <laughs> The robots. <laughs> I, I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> I just, it's just too hard. Do you know what we've learned from all of these podcasts? If we've learned anything, just don't label people. Just don't put anything. Yeah. Don't limit people by your expectations. Let people do whatever the hell they want. Back off, big government. Back <laughs> off. If you're not hurting anyone, not even big government, everyone. Yeah, just, everyone, just leave everyone alone. This is what Dara. Pretty road, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sanctimonious did we get all the time? We've got all the answers, guys. <laughs> I don't have any of them, but that's the point. I don't have anything, so why does anyone else? Exactly. Recognising, uh, you know... This it, is not fun to listen to. No, it's, not really. at all. it's not amusing at all, is it? Something we're just like... We, we, just sound, we just sound like a self-help book now. <laughs> it's like Mr. Rogers on crack. It's yeah. just all beer. It's just like, no. Yeah, Mr. Rogers got pissed up on pale ale. Yeah, does not love each other? Uh, why, why does everyone just like each other? Like, <laughs> why don't everyone just leave each other alone? My God, you guys. It is, uh, but it is funny, I suppose, because like, it, is, it is something that needs to be considered, that we all just leave each other alone. Nobody do anything mean to each other. Let's just not, not do anything. Me. You just, just be Let's nice. Let's just all retreat to the woods, <laughs> become... Self-sufficient. Me, my, me and my friend Sam were actually like, Sam sort of breached to me 
that he's a bit of a doomsday prepper. And I was like, I'm also a doomsday prepper. I like that you think he didn't know you were. I know, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty yeah. obvious. When you meet you, I feel like people are Everyone's like, like oh, he's a doomsday prepper. Doomsday prepper. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's... That's why you that's craft what... beer. Don't pretend you craft beer for any other reason than if, <laughs> if zombies attack yeah, you, have the... a beer supply. So when the Armageddon arrives, <laughs> I will have beer. And I'll get through it. But yeah, I think that's, you know, that's it. We should all just retreat to the woods mm-hmm. and... <laughs> And live our natural lives. But do you know what the funny thing is? Of all the people who couldn't survive in the woods, I'm top of the list. Because I need so much comfort. I'm the worst. <laughs> like, it's, even when we went when we went around Asia, like, backpacking, I needed hotels. I had to stay in a comfy hotel where I had a nice bath and a shower and a bed. And because I couldn't survive in the wild. Which is why I think I'm a doomsday prepper, because I'm so aware of how unprepared I am. Why do you say you're a doomsday Only in mind, not in action. Oh, not in action. No, no. Apart I'm from lost... beer, you have nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely nothing. I'm, I... <laughs> you don't even own a hammer. Do you own a hammer? Um, well, I mean, you could just use heavy things <laughs> as hammers, right? But yeah, it's, well, that sums you, me up, though, Do you own it? camouflage? <laughs> no. Do you no. own any form of weapon? No. Even no. our kitchen knives are blunt. They're terrible. I break them all the time. I'm, but I'm not. You know, you're a man of action. Yeah. I'm not a man of. I'm a man of thought, but not action. I think about things that I should do, and then I go and have a burger and go to sleep instead. I love how you framed laziness. Yeah, as a man of thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man of makes, thought. It makes you sound like an intellectual. I'm a man of thoughts, not actions. <laughs> While you were running to and fro, you know, doing all actions. I'm sat around thinking. I'm basically the Greeks. <laughs> yeah. Aristotle could suck my dick. <laughs> well, no, he'd be with you. He'd be sat around. We both just be... No, but he, at least he did stuff. <laughs> he was still writing theories and stuff. I'm not even doing that. <laughs> Maybe one day people will use these podcasts as a guiding light for morality. Can you imagine? Imagine they found these... That should be one of our weeks. That should be... The... Yeah, what happens if our podcasts were the only remaining... Documentation of humankind. What if anyone listened to us? What kind of dystopia would they? Holy shit! But um, what a terrible world. I feel like we fixed this. Yeah, as I'm drinking more beer, I'm getting. I've had three beers since this podcast started, and I'm getting worse. Getting much worse. What do you mean? Like I'm making no sense. Oh, I see. (laughs) That's why we drink, though. If we were just talking normally, you need the alcohol to make it nonsense. Luckily, I don't usually need that much alcohol to speak nonsense, but now I've really got the alcohol going. Do you know what we're the equivalent of? We're the equivalent of like a book that you love gets turned into a movie and you go and watch it and nothing from the book that you love made it into the movie. Yeah. People give us ideas and I bet they have a load of great stuff they want us to chat about yeah. and we never even slightly touch it. No, we don't even go anywhere near. We, we're terrible at we're this. We're the ready player one of podcasts. Oh, oh. I heard that was a good movie. You don't like, you don't like it? Um, well... We're also more of a movie review podcast than a, <laughs> than a sci-fi podcast. I'm realizing not... this will be like the, this will be the seventh movie we've reviewed <laughs> in this podcast. Would you live there <laughs> in IQ world? In IQ world. Um, if I had a high IQ, yes. As I have a low IQ now. You always put in these little caveats. No, right <laughs> no, now caveat. you. Right now, but I'm putting in. You know the the. I can't remember what the philosopher's called. John Rawls. John Rawls 
I can't remember what he called it, but his essentially his idea was You're uncertain of what he called it. I am, yeah. My, yeah. My, my, I'm, <laughs> I am drenched in a shower of uncertainty about what he called it. But his idea was, you know, how do you know a good world is a good world? Well, if you didn't know what you were going to be when you were born, you'd be happy to be born into that world because you'd be like, oh, that's a good world to be born in at the top or the bottom. So that was his idea. It's kind of a nonsense idea when you think that's about it. That's a nonsense idea. Yeah, it kind of is. But what if I was born into a world where everything was on fire? <laughs> I'm, I'm in physical pain at all times. I don't want to be in that world. What are you talking about? Well, that's what he would say. That's a bad world. But I wouldn't know it because it's shrouded in uncertainty. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm on fire. Is this good? I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that interpretation of Rawlsian ethics before. That's incredible. What if I was born into a world on fire? Wow. Okay, okay. you're born into a world. Yeah. With needles in your eyes. Oh, God! Are you certain that that was all <laughs> No, you're like, this is bad. There's no uncertainty there. Oh, jeez. What has happened to this podcast? <laughs> no, it's talking about being born into a world with needles in your eyes. Why would... That's next week's one. Is that next week's one? How would that change the world? No, it's exactly the same. Oh, that's, oh my God, that is what you would say. It's exactly the same. We just all have needles in our eyes. If the podcast had t-shirts, it would just say, it would all say exactly the same. Yeah, well, that's what we need. We need merch with most saying nothing would change and yours would, would we worship it? Yeah. All hail the... Yeah. Um, would we worship the high IQ people as gods? Maybe if you were super, super low IQ. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're saying people who worship things, i.e. religious people, have, and I quote, super, super low IQ. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Compared to God, yeah. If oh, their God nice. exists the yeah. way they think he does, yeah. their IQ levels would be minute compared to him. So, yeah. yeah. Got out of that one. You did get out of that one. Tried well to done. lasso me into a trap there. You know what I'm saying, of? That, yeah. that was a shitty thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, would you live there? <laughs> yeah, why not? I, for one, would not. No? No, I'm out of there. I'm stupid, as stupid goes. I'm not going to go to this world where I'm pushed into a you're, hole. You're not stupid. I mean, your That's... interpretation of roles is pretty bonkers, but it's not stupid. How do you define, though, what job is what IQ level? Like, animator. What IQ do you need to be an animator? Oh, six. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but also, as you said that, I was like, yay, I can <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> Six is high, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. The, the level of IQ seems really random. Like 200 is mega, mega, mega high. Mm. But then like 80 is super low or something. I don't know. It's like, it works <laughs> well, really well. because the baseline weird. is 100. 100 is like average. So if you're below 100, you're below average. If you're above 100, you're above average. <gasps> Cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the cat. Wow. The cat. Wow. <laughs> What a time! What timing for that, eh? Like she a... just looked at me blankly and then went, "Ooh, cat!" We have a cat staying with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just wandering the house, like she owns the place. She basically does. I don't like Ooh. this world. I don't like it at all. You don't like it? Don't, don't worry, you have to live in it. It's fine. I don't like the modern interpretation of intelligence. I think like we're doing it wrong. Mm. And one day we'll look back and be like, that was based on whether you can build a steel girder. That is not <laughs> what we need anymore. So yeah. we're going to have to change the way. So what will, be, what will intelligence in the future be? You know, we're getting all sci-fi now. This is good. This is our podcast. Would... Just cut and start here. Sam. Yeah, yeah. Start from this point. So what, so what would be in the future? What will, IT, what will IQ or intelligence, I should say, what will that be? I think it will be based. I don't even think it will be IQ. I think we'll base it on personality types. So oh. you'll have a rounded... I know there's lots of issues with like the Myers-Briggs test and stuff, but I do love how it puts people into a certain... like It's just so many variations of the kind of person you can be, and then that interprets what you should be good at 
and how you should act and how you should learn even. Mm. So I don't think, I think it'll be, I think our future is driven by personality types rather than gender or race or intelligence. All right, all right. It'll be who you are rather than what you are. Oh, okay. So who... It's quite profound. Uh, yeah. Can you say that about yourself? I feel like you can't. <laughs> and yet you did. <laughs> I was just shocked that after yeah. two beers, I actually said yeah. something that made sense. I was very annoyed by that answer because it was a thoughtful and interesting answer. And I was... I was and then I ruined it by going, I'm profound. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. It's a good say. <laughs> Dumb dumb say things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cat is coming to us. Hello. Let me get a cat, little cat. Zelda. You want to say hello to everyone? Meow. That was Tanya, by the way. Wasn't <laughs> Tanya was mimicking okay. Zelda. No, she hates you all. She's silently yeah. sitting. She doesn't care. <laughs> Would you rather live here mm. or in last time's world? You you know full well that I don't know what last time it was. Either. You don't know either. I don't remember. Oh, what was it? What was it? How so, are we so bad at this? <laughs> how no? How can you be this bad at podcasting? It's a new. It's a new industry. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's the radio. It's been around for a while. So, would you rather live here or in the world of the dusted? <laughs> and that, oh. by that I mean apparently people don't know what I mean when I say that that's a term I have coined yeah the dusted I, that's what I've been calling it since I saw it I forget that's not a known <laughs> it's thing it's not an actual term the dusted yeah. the world where people turn to dust the end game world. Yeah, yeah. so yeah would you rather live here or there I think this world actually only because you know you're more intelligent no it's not that at all and you don't want to be dust I just don't want to be dust <laughs> dust is you know I'm intelligent enough to know I don't want to be dust <laughs> You know, not yet, anyway. <laughs> I am not. I choose a dust. You choose dust? No, no, no. I choose... Oh, God. I don't want either. Yeah, we pretty much decided that that world was a horrific place to live in, the world of Endgame, wasn't it? When everyone returned. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll choose this world then. And I'll just edge my bets and hope that it's a nice and caring world and not a horrible dictatorship, which I think it would be. It, it definitely would be. But maybe they'd let me be an animator, so apparently you only need six points of intelligence. Yep. Yeah. It'd be... But, I like you. <laughs> I think I just, uh, I just You're haven't in. It. It's so <laughs> I draw pretty pictures for a living. I feel like I'll be fine. <laughs> Where in the world can we find you? Nowhere. Nowhere. Still, still nowhere. Still nowhere. Still nowhere. Still nowhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a myth. I'm a legend. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down over there. Well, if you would like to find us, we are on SoundCloud iTunes or wherever you want to listen to this podcast um, we have a website drinksanddystopia.blogspot.com and you can find us on Twitter at drinks underscore dystopia and the details for my sister if you want to find her fantastic editing skills and drawings you can all the details will be down below (laughs) (laughs) so I apologise to Craig for ruining his great idea But on the plus side, you can now go and write a book about it or something and not include anything we... Yeah, we have not spoiled that topic at all because we barely touched upon it. Because oh. the world would basically be the same. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my God, we talked for an hour and that is what you came up with. Yeah. Okay, well, two dystopias. Two dystopias. Yes. What a load of nonsense. There's so much nonsense. <laughs>